You're listening to the HOCD Podcast. piece of music to start with, nice positive piece of music to start the HOCD podcast off. That was Bobby McFerrin, Don't Worry, Be Happy, 
Um, beautiful song uh, and a great message as well obviously don't worry and be happy which is what we're gonna try and achieve uh, make everybody ach uh, achieve through the HOCD and me site so hello welcome and thank you for downloading this free podcast brought to you by HOCD and me you can find us at www.hocd.me.uk if you found us on iTunes. If not, then uh, you obviously know the site already. Um, my name is Will Jones, and this is the first edition of what we hope will be a lengthy run of productions for the HOCD sufferers, offering help and support, and hopefully we'll have a bit of fun along the way. Uh, today being the first edition, we want to know your views on the show. What would you like to see included on this show? Um, and if you've got any questions for the team, um, I'm going to give you the contact details so you can get in touch with us. Okay. So you can contact us via email on hocdandme at hotmail.co.uk. Alternatively, you can contact us on the support forum, which you can find at www.hocd.me.uk. Or there will be a phone line available from the next week, which you can call to actually appear on the show. If you're not too scared of me, that is. Um, so, uh, what have we got for you today? Well, today, I'm going to tell you about my story for a bit. Uh, get to know me. Uh, then, we can be covering the first stages of HOCD for the new sufferers. Uh, what, what you should and shouldn't be doing. Uh, at when you start when you start the suffering of HOCD and uh, what you should be doing to start feeling better and then I'm going to pick a few articles on the forums I found interesting and explain what we at HOCD and me think is the best way of combating these issues so uh, we also later on in the, uh, in the show we have a competition where you can win a copy of this week's featured book on HOCD and me and that uh, this week is Brain Lock, and that's by Jeff Schwartz and Beverly Bayette. So keep keep your ears peered for that one. Okay, so here we go. Episode 1, brought to you by hocd.me.uk. HOCD and me for the HOCD sufferers by ex-HOCD sufferers to help sufferers become ex-sufferers too. So a bit about myself, as I said, uh, my name's Will Jones. Uh, and I first got involved with HOCD, uh, I, was, I was in a relationship with a girl that I adored. Um, no worries at all about my sexuality, but I always knew I worried too much about everything. Um, <clears throat> ended up, this girl broke my heart. Uh, and while I was down, I wasn't really interested in girls, wasn't attracted to girls at all. Um, and in my, my sad state, I came to this strange question. Uh, and it kept appearing in my head, maybe I'm gay. Uh, at first, this this was easy to brush off, to be honest. Yeah, uh, I just thought it was a ridiculous thought. Um, I've always been attracted to girls all my life, so uh, I just brushed it off. But more and more, the thoughts came. It got so bad, I think every part of HOD, HOCD mentioned was part of me at some point. I started noticing men, then came groinal response, then came along checking my past for evidence of homosexuality, then I would find reasons from nowhere to back up 
there was evidence in my past for homosexuality. And it went on like that. As soon as I'd find an answer, I'd get more questions. Uh, I've had the thoughts that I didn't want people to think I was gay. I've had horrible, intrusive images of men all day long, even in my dreams. Uh, crippling anxiety. Uh, and at points, I didn't want to leave the house. Uh, so something was clearly not right. Uh, I knew it had to be more than just I was turning gay. Um, so I spent about a year of my life in torture. I was always looking for that answer. No matter where I was, one groinal response and I was a mess. If I didn't get aroused by a girl in the street, I was a mess. <clears throat> I used to come home and watch, watch porn. Uh, not a pleasurable experience. It was literally just to test my reaction to both the men and the women. Obviously, if I felt even the slightest thing to men, that meant I was gay. If I if I didn't get incredibly aroused by a woman, that meant that I was also gay. Um, so I'm just still trying to find this answer. When I found an answer, which was normally that I wasn't gay, it didn't last long. I'd find something else to bring the subject up again. I knew about HOCD and I was posting on most of the boards at the time. But like everyone with HOCD, I felt like I was the only one who was truly turning gay. And HOCD was an excuse. Now how wrong could I be about that one? So I was in a place of depression. Uh, that lasted about a year. And through this I found exercise to perk me up. Uh, the gym. I was in the gym uh, three to four times a week. Uh, I really felt it, it helped my moods a lot. Uh, it was tough at times, very tough with uh, with HOCD, um, especially in the shower room. Yeah, that can get a bit tough now if you're trying to avoid your obsessions. Uh, but uh, in general, exercise very good for raising serotonin levels. I felt it was very good uh, for my mood. Uh, so. If, if you battle through that, that would be a, a, a big step, I think. If you could go to the gym, get some exercise, um, I'd recommend it to anyone. Um, but still, the HOCD was, was a big part of me. It never got rid of my HOCD, and I was still getting down. After two years of torture, it's the first year of torture, the second year I was exercising a lot, I'd have a lot of better periods and a lot of worse, worse periods. After about two years of torturous images and extreme doubt and depression, I got help. I knew I couldn't live this way any longer. And that was the best thing I've ever done in my life, was seek professional help. So through help, through going to see my lovely psychologist, uh, I managed to go through my whole past and I know this is going to sound weird but I wasn't looking for evidence of whether I was gay or not. Um, it was quite clear to, to my counsellor, to my uh, my psychiatrist that um, I was clearly suffering with OCD and not a sexual orientation crisis as I felt I was due to OCD. And what do you know? 
when I was really young, I had an obsession about my family dying in an accident that I could cause somehow. A little older, when we're looking through my history, a little older, and I had a massive fear of nits, little jibs in your hair, and catching them, uh, I was constantly obsessed about that one. Uh, I never, ever had them when they tested in the school. Um, but it stopped for about a week, and then I'd worry again that I had them. So that was a big stage in my life. That, that lasted about two years. Um, from that point on, um, the timeline was, was pretty irrelevant. I, I, I had started to see the light, and I knew that this wasn't right. I had an obsession about eating things that other people may have touched. That was a massive thing. I didn't eat for a few days. I didn't eat my sandwiches that my dad made me to take to school just in case he touched them or a, like a hair had fallen in them or something. Uh, that was a big thing. I, I, I even stopped and thought then that I was going mad, but it's not something I thought about after, after it, had, it had passed, if you know what I mean. So yeah, I, I I had that obsession, and then I had the the obsession when kids played lurgy in the playground, and people used to wipe the lurgy on you. I was the kid in the toilet that was washing my hands of the lurgy when the lesson had started. Something definitely should have been alarm bells should have been ringing when I was younger. To be fair, uh, I had to touch things twice at some point. This was uh, more in secondary school. Uh, my fear then was was dying. Uh, I remember getting getting on the bus back to school three miles away one evening to touch a wall again. And uh, if I didn't do that, I was going to die. Um, so three miles on a bus at ten o'clock at night, twelve years old. Um, yeah, something <laughs> like I say. I mean, how it wasn't obvious to me, I don't know. Well, I know why it wasn't obvious to me because I had OCD. So. I would have doubted that even if I knew it. So, uh, when I got a bit older, uh, I was constantly late for work. Um, I would think I'd left the gas on, uh, or I'd left the heating on, or I'd forgotten to put out my cigarette or something. Uh, so I'd go back and check everything, even if I didn't smoke a cigarette in the morning. I'd check the ashtray, um, checking it. I'd check the check the gas cooker three times. Leave the leave the house and have to go back and check. Uh, so I'd leave the house, go down the road, get halfway down the road after checking the gas cooker and think I hadn't locked the door even though I checked that three times. Like I say, something, some, I should have noticed that something was up, but clearly I, I didn't. Uh, but the most recent thing before HOCD developed uh, was uh, I had an argument with, uh, with a friend and it was quite a serious argument, but it wasn't, it wasn't serious enough, like we didn't do anything wrong to each other, but we just decided not to talk anymore. We had a, we had a big row. Uh, his older brother was was pretty tough, pretty tough, uh, tough lad. And uh, well, uh, I ended up moving uh, moving three miles across town uh, just so he didn't beat me up. Uh, and I spent two years worried about whether he was going to come and get me. Uh, and it turns out after a conversation in the pub that I had with him during my HOCD uh, spell was that he didn't even know my name. So uh, that says how ridiculous that obsession is. Uh, 
and then along came HOCD. So that's uh, that's how I ended up in the HOCD mess. But how I couldn't tell through my whole life having OCD. I mean, it's not always the case. I was I was I was OCD all my life, but I didn't know that. And maybe if you traced it back, you had little traits that were building up to to OCD, but you but you didn't know. Um, but it's not always the case. Sometimes it develops in, in normally in adolescence. So, uh, like I say, I didn't know until adolescence that there was anything wrong with my behaviour because OCD managed to cover it up. Um, but there, um, but there, yet yeah, straight in front of me in this counselling, I, I could tell that that was it. I knew then that I had OCD. And deep down, I knew this, but. OCD had made me doubt that. It makes you doubt anything. But it made me doubt everything for the rest of my life, so obviously I knew that now it was OCD. And now that I knew I had OCD, I then relaxed for a bit, but it was still there. Uh, knowing I had this, though, is where things changed. And that is where I started to find my way to get better. So this is where our topic for today comes in. What to do when you first have HOCD. This one is for the newbies. Um, well, what I thought I had to do was find the answer to this burning question. Obviously, the answer to this burning question being HOCD was, am I gay? Um, the answer to, to other obsessions would have been actually to physically do something, like moving away. It depends on your obsession, but focusing just on HOCD, it's normally a question or a feeling of doubt. So, when I felt like... Sorry, I've, I've got lost on here a little bit. So I'm trying to find the answer to this burning question. What I felt like doing... And what I should have been doing with two different things. See, I see OCD like when you say a word over and over, then it doesn't make sense. It's a bit like that, but you're trying to find the answer. And you want it so much that you get in a mess and then you will never, ever find that answer. The funny thing is, you shouldn't be doing, you shouldn't be trying to find that answer. That is what OCD feeds on. The more answers you solve, the more questions appear. When you try and solve the puzzle, that makes your brain think that there was a need to solve the puzzle, so there must be a danger. There is no danger, you have OCD. Um, I'm just going to talk a little bit about the flight or fight, uh, the flight or fight defense mechanism that the body has. Um, in case you didn't know it, this, uh, if you do know it, this is gonna, probably going to be a bit boring for you. You've probably heard this before. Um, if you don't know it, it's very interesting. Uh, flight or fight is basically a mechanism to protect yourself. Uh, it was, it's a caveman instinct. Uh, it's basically to protect your body from danger. Your body gets pumped with adrenaline when it sees a perceived threat. So when you have that perceived threat, you're ready to, f to fly or to fight. Uh, that's what you feel like when you get this fear. It's, it, it's, it's a fear of something that's irrational, but you're getting flight or fight. Um, that's what the body will feed back to you, that this is some sort of danger. 
and that you need to find this answer. And that's why you'll find yourself very anxious. Uh, that's why you'll find yourself um, uncomfortable. That's why you'll find your heart rates is, is, is like increased. Uh, so that is basically the body's reaction. You, you, you've got accustomed to this being a threat to you, like the threat of whatever perceived threat it is for your OCD. And on this site, we're just going to be discussing HOCD. So, so for this one, it's the, th the threat of the perceived danger of being a homosexual, um, which obviously is false. So... So anyway, my, my first advice to the newcomer has got to be, first and foremost, seek professional help. I can't, I can't emphasise that point anymore. Um, that is the best thing I ever did in my life. Uh, I, I think if I wouldn't have, I would have gone down a slippery slope getting worse and worse. It, it opened up the door to, to getting my life back. Um, it's also opened up the door to, to freeing myself from OCD. Um, because I didn't realise I had OCD, I had all these other symptoms. So if I got rid of HOCD, I probably would have got another OCD. And that's not the way forward. You want to cure this. And I think the best way to go about it, obviously, is to seek professional help. Um, at the end of the day, it can be tough speaking to someone, but it's also very tough on your own. Um, just remember that, that a psychiatrist or, or a counsellor they're all getting paid to help you. And if they don't help you, they don't get paid. So, well, they do get paid for the first few sessions, but they want you to come back and get better. So I think their their best interest is getting you better. You give better reviews for that person. Anyway, they're there to help. Don't be so ashamed. It is a problem that you have that you want to get over. So don't be ashamed of... Uh, of going and, and saying your piece. So that's my first bit of advice. My second piece of advice is more of a statement than anything. <clears throat> it is not normal to doubt your sexuality on such a big scale. Okay? <clears throat> Every time that doubt arises, when you test or check or research the doubt, you are just making it worse. It's how OCD works. It is the OCD you need to treat. It's not the answer you need to find. Every time you try and find the answer, you get more of a muddle, and then you get more questions. Try to relax. I know it can be very tough, but ultimately, the stronger you are at resisting finding the answer, the more tolerant you will come. You will become to HOCD. Okay. Anyway, so I hope that makes sense to you. Uh, covered a bit about the newbies for you. Um, I hope this this helps some people who are just starting out with OCD uh, or HOCD. Uh, we're going to take a quick break and play some positive music now. On the other side, we will be reviewing some of the best, most interesting posts from around the message boards around HOCD, and uh, we'll have details of our competition. Um, so this is the HOCD podcast brought to you by HOCD and me at hocd.me.uk and uh, yeah here's a nice positive song for you and I'll see you on the other side of this track, thank you.
What a lovely positive piece of music that is. That was R.E.M. Shiny Happy People. I love that song and uh, you might have noticed as well it's our background song to the HOCD podcast. Um, 10 points if you noticed that one. So anyway, back on the other side. This is the HOCD podcast. It's brought to you by HOCD and me. You can find us at www.hocd.me.uk. A lot of helpful articles on there. There's also, obviously, you can find this podcast. Uh, There's the YouTube site and, obviously, the support forum as well. So get yourself over to www.hocd.me.uk. So anyway, we're going to be reviewing uh, a message on the message boards this week that uh, caught my eye. Um, It's on Neurotic Planet. It's not on our forum. Um, it's by a username Hockey88, uh, and it it goes uh, it it it's titled "I Need an Answer," and that rung along bells with me because, like what I said in the first half of this podcast, it makes you feel like you need an answer. So I I, I picked this article out and I thought I'd review it for that reason, and the reason being. You shouldn't be trying to find an answer. Okay, so Hockey said, uh, I know I said having a mentor to look up to is what I need. He's been saying recently that he wants a guy to... He he never really had an older brother, so um, he he was looking for a guy to look up to. Um, So he says, like a guy who is cool and is like an older brother. I've been thinking, what if this is actually me having a crush on a guy? I don't ever think about him in sexual ways, but I don't know what to think. I always get worried that he will think I am not cool. I feel like I text him all the time, and I do, but I feel like the feeling of having an older guy who is cool and didn't ever treat me like crap, like my older brother. I think he's saying he's enjoying, he's enjoying having this person to look up to. Um, which is which is a completely normal thing. Um, anyway, he says my HOCD has been dead recently. I thought it was, but maybe it is just because I'm moving the thoughts to the back of my mind, which is obviously a brilliant thing to do. Uh, please, I need to know: is it okay for me to look up to a guy and feel this way? Okay, so this question that he needs an answer to is pure OCD. Okay, being a male, being a female, it makes no difference. Um, my girlfriend at the time, um, if I have a lads mag, like in the in the UK, they have uh, Nuts magazine. And if I, if I buy Nuts magazine, it has a lot more than just girls in it. It has uh, some interesting stories, a lot about football in there. Um, Anyway, so if I buy this magazine, my girlfriend looks for it and admires the girls. I mean, as for, uh, she's not a lesbian at all, um, but she admires a good physique. Um, for me, I admire soccer players. Um, I admire, I mean, I admire sportsmen. I admire good-looking men in films. Uh, I even like watching wrestling uh, and Loads of males will have pictures of wrestling, uh, pictures of wrestlers that they admire on their wall. Um, 
And this, to me, I mean, to them, they think nothing of it. It's an idol. You need idols to look up to. You need you need people to look up to, people to take note from. Everyone has idols. It is it's absolutely not abnormal at all to have an idol. I mean, I myself, I I used used to admire like wrestlers. I mean, I used to have pictures of them in pants oiled up on my wall and never think anything of it. I used to admire their body but not in a sexual way. And I never thought anything of it before I had HOCD. It, it's totally not abnormal to have anyone to look up to. That is purely the HOCD playing with your mind. It will create a question out of anything. If you doubted it for long enough, I'm sure you doubt your own name. That is how bad it can get. The The title to this this uh, this thread was, I Need an Answer. And that is precisely what you shouldn't be doing, is trying to find that answer. Like I said before, when you try and find that answer, all you get is more questions. It's like saying that word over and over, and it makes no sense in the end. If you keep trying to find an answer to the same thing, Eventually, you're going to get muddled up. Eventually, you're going to get in a mess. Um, the best thing to do is to try and not answer that question. When you don't answer that question, you're telling your body that this isn't a danger. You're kind of facing your fear. This isn't a danger. I don't need to check this. When you can do that, it will be hard, but when you can do that, you can start to to notice that the questions won't be so regular. the question, You'll be able to resist the questions easier. And eventually what you're doing is you're slowing down the OCD. And eventually you'll notice it's drifting away. And I don't think it ever goes away because I think that a lot of people, I think that everybody has irrational thoughts. It's just how you deal with them. And the people with OCD can't deal with the irrational thoughts. They must mean something. And the truth is, they don't mean anything. You have just made them mean something through having OCD. So, in answer to this, this whole thread, I can answer it from the first paragraph. I need an answer. Your answer is to not answer this question. I know it sounds funny and it can sound weird and I hope this is making sense but this this was my main argument when I first started to get over it is but it makes you want that answer so bad but every time you answer it it gets worse you just need to to face up to it a little bit and uh, and not answer that question and trust me when you don't answer that question when the next question arises, it gets a little easier. And when the next question arises, it gets a little easier again. And then eventually, the question means nothing to you. You're breaking the cycle of HOCD. It's a long process. It's hard work. But believe me, you can get there. I have my life back. I'm happier than ever now. And you can all get there. Um, I replied basically saying all of this underneath on his thread. Um... And uh, he's, he said it, it, that it, it does make a lot of sense to him. Um, 
but he is going to seek professional help. Um, which which I can't I can't I can't express any more is the best thing that you can do for your HOCD. The best things you can do, obviously, don't answer the questions. Try and resist the questions, but definitely get professional help. So anyway, that was my review. Um, hopefully next week we'll have some uh, some questions in. Uh, and next fortnight we'll have some questions into the email. And hopefully we'll get somebody that wants to come on the show and explain their story and see if we can help them out a little bit as well uh, next week. So just got time for our... Uh, comment uh, is that right? Yeah, we're going to the competition, yeah. Uh, just got time for the competition. Um, it's going to be an easy question. Well, I think it's pretty easy. Uh, somebody's, uh, somebody that wrote the question is having a bit of a laugh with me. So uh, remember that the winner of this competition, you can win this week's featured book, which is Brain Lock. Let me find it. it this week's competition. This week's competition, you can win Brain Lock, which is written by Jeff Schwartz and Beverly Bayette. It's a brilliant book. I read it myself. Um, it's it features the four-step plan uh, of beating OCD. Uh, if you put it into practice, I think to be fair, through going through counselling, there's a few things that I would tweak for the HOCD sufferer. But if you map it all to the OCD, it's all roughly the same and. It's got some brilliant techniques in there. So that, that's what you can win. Uh, the question this week. Uh, before President Obama, who was the President of the United States of America? Okay, so answer A is Harry Bushfire. Someone's having a laugh with me here. Answer B is George Bush. And answer C is Harry Bush. So uh, send your answers, please. Headline it. Headlines uh, in the subject of the message competition. Um, yeah, to hocd and me at hotmail.co.uk. Um, so the 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 question for the competition was: Before President Obama, who was the president of the United States? Was it Harry Bushfire? George Bush or Harry Bush. So whoever's wrote these wrote these has really stitched me up. So anyway, yeah, get your answers into HOCD and me at hotmail.co.uk. Uh title of the message should be competition and then your answer. And then if you win, uh we will announce it on the next podcast. And if you win, then we'll email you back, we'll get your address, and we'll send you, you the prize out to you. So anyway, that's about all we've got time for this week on the HOCD podcast, the first one. Uh, I hope this has been okay for you, and I hope it's helped somebody out there. Um, obviously, uh, so if you want to get a little bit of help, go to hocd.me.uk. And there you can find uh, the, the support forum, also a lot of articles that can help you out. But if you want specific help, go to the support forum. If you want to get a question onto the show next in the, in the next fortnight, uh, you can email hocd and me at hotmail.co.uk. 
that's it. I've been Will Jones. Uh, I hope to see you in a fortnight on the HOCD podcast, and I hope you've enjoyed this. Good night, good evening, good morning, wherever you are. I hope you've enjoyed this, and I'll see you in a fortnight.